Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. And this is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. I want you to imagine for a moment that you lived in a country whose government and media were so corrupt that together they would intentionally mislead and even lie to the American public about one of the most widely covered tragedies in the news. Say, say a submarine filled with human lives, five men, one of them a teenager, to be precise, embarked on a commercial voyage to explore the wreckage of the sunken Titanic. And this submarine set out on Friday, and the crew started their descent on Sunday morning. And shortly afterward, the submersible, the submarine, lost communication. Now, imagine this government knew immediately the fate of the submarine and the passengers on board. Its Navy heard the sound of the submarine imploding. And it could only be assumed that all the passengers were dead. Because the Navy knew what it had heard. But rather than report that to the media and give peace of mind, what peace of mind one could give, at least to the families with regards to the fate of their loved ones, that they had perished, imagine that the government decided to withhold that information. You don't have to imagine that because that happened. That happened right here in the United States of America. Your government, the Biden administration. You see, a top-secret military acoustic detection system designed to spot enemy submarines first heard What the U.S. Navy suspected was the Titan submersible implosion hours, hours after the submersible began its voyage. And yet, they permitted, they allowed a massive search and rescue operation to ensue almost this entire week. Now, one reason may be they wanted to launch a search and rescue mission in hopes that, what, their information was wrong. They didn't want to give any reason for deterring the search, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Instead, what we got was what? This this episodic TV series, like some great suspense series out there, was fed to us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, the Navy knew that it had likely imploded, blown up, right? And that everyone had died and perished, but they allowed the media to tell a very different narrative, one of hope, right? What was that? They gave a very specific date. They said Thursday. Thursday was going to be the finale of this series we were going to be fed by the media. Thursday. That was the day they were going to run out of oxygen, So everyone was glued to their TVs, waiting to see if this was found. It was a race against time, right? Find them before the oxygen ran out. And sure enough, Thursday came along. But we learned what? They didn't die because they didn't have oxygen. They didn't suffocate. They died like the Navy knew they died on Sunday from the implosion that the Navy heard but didn't share that the government hid from us. Now, why would the U.S. government do this? Why might they do this? Well, what happened this week, conveniently enough? What coincided with this narrative we were fed that distracted us all, all week long? Well, you had the biggest revelations yet regarding the Biden crime family. Thursday... As it turns out, today, Thursday, was the day that the House Ways and Means Committee delivered a press conference in which they told us 
what the whistleblowers had conveyed to them. And it highlights an unprecedented cover-up of the Biden family crimes. And of course, this week we had Hunter Biden who pled guilty to a couple of tax crimes and he's getting off the hook for the gun crimes. And we'll get into some more of that in a little bit here. But I just want you to think about this, you know, you know, they, they reported this like it was a TV series. We got to know all these characters, right? There was the reckless CEO we were told about, Stockton Rush. He was the pilot of the submarine. We had Hamish Harding. Hamish Harding, he was a British billionaire and adventurer. He had three Guinness World Records. He'd even, well, he'd been into space. We had a father and his 19-year-old son. And then we had Paul, a 77-year-old deep diver and retired commander in the French Navy. It was quite the cast of characters, all very wealthy. They paid $250,000 to go aboard this thing. People were debating, talking about, you know, if these people were crazy and so on and so forth. I saw the Atlantic even dig up a piece about how one of these individuals was uh, had donated to Republicans in the past. I think it was Stockton Rush, the CEO, as if that has anything to do with anything. Um, but our government, the Biden administration kept the secret for almost a week. So, you know, what, what's very curious to me about this is it was always about Thursday. Very early on Thursday was the arbitrary date, you know, whatever, maybe they calculated and so on and so forth with oxygen, but Thursday was very specific and precise Thursday between 6am and 7am Eastern time. They're going to run out of oxygen. So we were all waiting for Thursday. And like I said, it coincided with the breaking story in news today about the Biden crime family. And so, you know, if we lived in a country that wasn't already already uh, riddled with corruption, if these things, I mean, you know, when I say imagine that a government would hide this from the public so that they could basically manufacture a narrative to compete with something to distract from their own crimes and these allegations. I mean, you know, you would, yeah, maybe in another era, I would say no way would they do that. No way would they do that. But can you imagine a government and a media that was so corrupt that they would also collude to, I don't know, protect the Biden family to prevent uh, you know, the IRS prevent the FBI from looking into real crimes. Can you imagine a government and a media that would actually come up with Trump-Russia collusion, a hoax, and try and oust a duly elected president? They would use quid pro quo and other hoax to try and impeach a president. They would fabricate January 6th to get rid of a duly elected president and ensure that he could never, ever run for office again. Can you imagine a government and a media that would get the help of the FBI and the CIA and get 51 intelligence officials to sign off knowingly lying on a piece of paper that the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't real, that it was Russian disinformation? Can you imagine a a, a government, a political party, a deep state that would engage in that kind of behavior? I can because it all happened. So can I imagine a government and a media that would feed us a lie intentionally about what happened to these individuals on this submarine? to keep their families in the dark, to feed the American people hope, this soap opera, that they were going to, there was this rush to find them until Thursday when they ran out of oxygen in order to distract the American people from the actual bombshell today, Thursday, to protect themselves? Yes, you better believe I can imagine all of that happening. And I think that's exactly what happened. So what did we find out today? You know, let me say something for a minute, because, you know, I hadn't been talking about the submarine thing. It was in the news, but, you know, I'm not I'm not an entertainment guy. That's not my my thing. I don't really get into a lot of that. Now it happens to become a perfect story to talk about today because it leads into what we're getting into with the Biden family, because the Democrats, of course, used this, abused this, massaged this, lied about this whole narrative once again to distract 
But I, I don't mean to downplay what happened to those families, right? You know, I don't, I don't want I don't want that to be the conclusion that somebody reaches out there. I mean, this is absolutely tragic. I cannot imagine what these family members are going through. I mean, this father and son in particular, obviously, you know, that perished on this voyage. But, you know, I mean, these people went out on an adventure. They did something. Uh, I mean, it, it took guts. It took a lot of bravery. These people, most of them, you know, look, you know, I'm a spiritual guy, so I don't think this is it for us on this earth. So, you know, that gives me a different perspective sometimes when tragedies occur because I think, hey, this person's in a better place anyway. There's more to uh, this world, you know, when, when, well, there's not more to this world. There's something beyond this world. I mean, these people were just really brave pioneers. Yeah, they were rich. But would you get in a submarine and go try and explore and see the sunken Titanic 12,000 feet or however many feet, 14,000 feet below the surface? You couldn't pay me to go in that submarine. So, <clears throat> you know, one thing I should mention first is, well, I would pose a question. Who is more corrupt? Merrick Garland, the current attorney general under the Biden administration, or Bill Barr, the attorney general under the Trump administration? Bill Barr might be more corrupt than Merrick Garland. Only because Merrick Garland, it's pretty obvious what a saboteur he is. He works. He's one of them. Bill Barr purported to be <clears throat> on the side of good, and he apparently wasn't. And when you hear Bill Barr out there going on the news and saying he would be willing to testify against Trump in the documents, classified documents case, that he's out there railing against his former boss, I would suggest that Bill Barr is an amoral creature from the swamp. You know... Apart from your citizens out there that are just misled by the media that still just can't get their heads screwed on straight, apart from those people, anybody who is running for office at this point, Republican or Democrat, and anyone who is currently a politician who is not coming to Trump's defense and who is piling on against Trump as it relates to all of this, they are a member of the deep state. Keep them on your list. And I'll explain more as we go through this together. Cue up cut one, Captain. So as I said last episode, the episode before that, I would imagine too, you have the laughable left always coming up with their false narratives to compete with reality. And in this case, you know, obviously what, what, what's happening here, right? So Hunter Biden, if, if this goes through this plea deal, he'll get no jail time. And it's a deal, of course, that only somebody of great liberal leftist Democrat privilege, a Biden, would get. I talked about how that rapper, how he went to jail for three years for the same gun crime, essentially, that Hunter Biden committed. Three years in prison. In Hunter Biden's case, uh, they're just going to dismiss it completely. So obviously, Hunter Biden's getting very special treatment. And later on, I'll have Something else to say about that, because it could be that this plea deal is actually biting the Democrats in the AWS. They didn't have any good choices here, but it may very well turn out that this plea deal, even though it is a sweetheart deal for Hunter, it actually poses significant problems in the future because, you know, where there's breadcrumbs, you know, there's more. So the idea now and the worry from the left is, oh, wait, if he pleads guilty here and we acknowledge that he's guilty of something, Maybe actually it'll have the opposite effect. Instead of convincing people that this is over, they'll yearn and pine for more. They'll want to search for more because if he's guilty of this, what else is he guilty of? That's, that's, that's out there. I'm just, point, I'm just saying it's out there. So we know that Hunter Biden's getting special treatment here. But you've got Dan Abrams here on ABC, fake lawyer, saying, no, no. Hunter Biden's not getting special treatment. In fact, he's being abused. He's being prosecuted because he's a Biden. If he wasn't a Biden, he wouldn't even be prosecuted. It's incredible. Incredible. So go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Listen to this, uh, this genius. 
But given this set of facts, what difference did it make that the subject was Hunter Biden? I think it made an enormous difference uh, here. Look, anytime someone gets probation, right, or a diversionary agreement, you could argue it's a sweetheart deal, right? It's true. They're not getting any prison time. And yet, if this wasn't Hunter Biden, it is likely he wouldn't have been prosecuted at all. If they pay it back, typically the person isn't charged. Here he was charged. Okay, there was wrongdoing. On the gun issue, typically that is not something that gets charged alone. Almost never does that particular charge about lying and you're on about thousands of cases a year. A, a thousands would get prosecuted if that was the charge. But with that said, um, it does seem that the facts support um, a guilty uh, plea on on these charges. But if he wasn't Hunter Biden, you have to believe there wouldn't have been a prosecution. Yeah, he, exactly. You know. <clears throat> Poor Hunter Biden. You know, you know, it's a good thing Hunter Biden's not name isn't Wesley Snipes. He's not a black, uh, famous actor. Wesley Snipes in 2008, he was sentenced to three years in prison. He was fined $5 million for willful failure to file $15 million worth of federal income tax returns. That's the same thing Biden here did. It's not that he just didn't pay his taxes. He didn't even file taxes, is my understanding. And actually, I've got something to clarify in a minute. So... Oh, yes, yes. Poor Hunter Biden. It's a good thing. He could be Wesley Snipes. Three years in prison. Or somebody should tell Dan Abrams and ask Dan Abrams about Chris Tigani. Chris Tigani, I'll tell you more about him in a second, but he was a businessman. He went to prison for two years for uh, corrupt donations to Biden. He received jail time from the feds because he didn't have the last name Biden is what I would suggest. So Chris Tigani, so he lived in Delaware. He was a Delaware beer baron, came from a beer family, wealthy guy, um, went to jail over corrupt campaign donations to Joe Biden. Now he spoke out about his experience with this, just like that rapper came out, that rapper's lawyer, Kodak Black's lawyer said, this is crazy. This is, this is a double standard. Well, this guy has something to say about that too. So, you know, this is, this is funny. So I, there's a lot of connection, connective tissue here. Um, during Tigani's 2012 sentencing, lo and behold, uh, (laughs) David Weiss, the same person in charge of the Hunter Biden case now, Uh, Well, anyway, he used the phrase, the Delaware way to describe a form of soft corruption, intersecting business and political interests, which has existed in the state for years. But Tigani, of course, was the only one who ever paid the price. Um, So this is fascinating. So Tigani, he's a third generation heir of uh, Delaware liquor distributors. So he was invited to join the Biden family to watch the Democratic primary debate back on October 30th, 2007 at Drexel University in Philadelphia. And at the after party at a bar nearby, Hunter and Bo Biden, who was still alive back then, they went up to Tigani and asked him for $100,000 to pay for billboards in Iowa for their father's 2008 failed presidential run. And Tagani says the brothers came up and said, hey, you know, we need $100,000 for billboards. Do you think it could help us out with that? This was, you know, before the uh, corruption scheme, right? These guys weren't rolling in the Chinese and Ukrainian and Russian dough yet. Yet, right? This is, this is pre-VP Joe Biden corruption, right? So anyway, Tagani said, I can't give you 100000 but I could probably do seventy-five. And uh, Joe Biden came up, gave him a handshake, said, hey, I hear you're going to support our billboard programs. You know, Joe, good old Joe. So then Dennis Toner, who was Joe Biden's campaign finance director, came over to talk about logistics. And he taught Tagani what bundling was. And uh, Toner, Joe's campaign finance director, asked, how many people do you have there at your office you can trust? He said, all of them, Tigani said. I can trust all of of them. He had 160 employees working at the family firm. NKS Distributors, it's called. And um, Tigani, whose father had played football with Joe Biden at the Tony Archmere Academy, says he didn't have any idea it was illegal to solicit his employees for campaign donations and then reimburse them from company funds. 
He, and he was honest. He even listed the $74,000 in his ledger as political donations. But three years later, the FBI came up to Tigani uh, to investigate this sweetheart deal he'd made with the state transportation department to lease this block of land for a warehouse. And the local Delaware media ran these allegations that Tagani's friendship within Governor Ruth Ann Minner was behind the deal. He says it was all above board and no charges were ever brought. But then Tagani was confronted at a gas station by two FBI agents who asked him about reimbursing his employees' donations to the Biden campaign. Tagani said it's not illegal, and they said, yes, it is. And then they combed through his business records. Prosecutors added two tax charges to his election bundling offense, alleging that he had underreported his income and thus owed the IRS 92000 for 2006 and a little over 100000 in 2007. So he had these tax felonies, and he got sentenced for it. But here's the difference. He actually paid his taxes, but he underpaid. Hunter kept in excess of $1.5 million and didn't even file a tax return. But, you know, Tagani is the one who went to jail for it. And he says he started working with the FBI and they had him wear a wire. The FBI often does this with people. They, try, you know, they, they, they use you and abuse you. So Tagani says the FBI, uh, they, they never asked him to record conversations with anyone in the Biden family. So he wore a wire to try and investigate, you know, different crimes and so on and so forth, but never around the Biden family. And uh, he said the borough even slapped down his suggestion that he go to Washington, D.C. and try to get then vice president on record. He said they weren't interested in that part of the investigation. They wanted to get other people that weren't the Bidens. And he said one time he suspects that someone even tipped off the Biden campaign that he was wearing a wire because when he tried to get Toner, right, failed when Biden ran for president and failed in 2007 or whatever it was, his camp finance guy, Toner, the one who came to Tagani and told him to go and bundle. Well, Toner came up to him. He tried to get Toner to repeat what he told him about bundling back in 2007. And Toner would, wouldn't, wouldn't touch it. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. He denied it. And, and, and Toner, Toner said on the phone, I don't know who's listening to this call. But, uh, of course, you know, Hunter Biden, poor Hunter Biden. He's just getting a really a rough deal here, isn't he? All right, so that's really, really um, just the beginning here. Now, before we get into uh, the revelations today, cue up cut two, Captain. <clears throat> this is important. Because it is part of blowing open the criminality, the amorality of Joe Biden himself. This is Joe Biden denying that he ever spoke to his son about overseas business dealings. Go ahead and play cut two, Captain. Go. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the of presidency to try to do something to smear me. It's so obvious, the strategy here. It keeps coming up on every episode that we do together. What is the strategy? Just accuse Trump of what you have done. It works magnificently. Because the accusations already made about Trump first. And so for Trump or any of us to come back and say that the Democrats did it, they just sit there and say, no, 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 you're just acute. You see what they do? It's these mind games, this gaslighting. All of these people leveling these accusations are guilty as sin. And Trump hasn't done a single thing wrong. And yet he is being punished for the crimes of the Democrats and Joe Biden. 
That's what's going on here. I don't mean this in the religious way that whatever, whatever, y'all know me. You know, but you know, it's like Donald Trump here is like the Jesus Christ figure. I don't mean this blasphemously, but I'm just making an analogy here. It's like Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross for all of our sins. They're trying to essentially crucify Donald Trump for their sins. They want him to fall for the things that they have done, which Trump didn't do any of those things. So you hear Biden deny that he ever knew anything about his overseas business dealings. And yet, hang on. Do I have it? Do I have it, Captain? I better have it. There's a text message that we have now from Hunter Biden in which he makes it very clear that he's actually in the room with his father, Joe Biden, pressing uh, a, a communist in China to pay him, to pay up. Hang tight. I just got to see if I have this. Um, see if you can find that captain for me. I might have it, but you know, I get, I get all shaky here when I can't find something, you know, I, I, I'm like, I don't want to lose the audience. Oh, I found it. I found it. Keep calm and carry on. All right. So we have a text message from Hunter Biden. All right. It was a WhatsApp message that Hunter sent on July 30th, 2017. This message was sent to one of Hunter's Chinese associates named Henry Zhao, a Communist Party official and director of Harvest Fund Management, which invested in Hunter's firm, BHR Partners. It doesn't matter. He had all these companies set up that were taking money, right? And here's the text message. I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled, Hunter wrote. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Listen to the way this brat, who's never accomplished anything in his life, whose only accomplishment is getting and giving STDs. The, the ferocity of this WhatsApp message, the threat to this communist Chinese. And he says right there, Tell the direct director that I want to resolve this. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, his, his father Joe, and every person Joe knows, he starts out the text, the WhatsApp message, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Yeah, pull that up there, Captain. Show everybody that's watching. Now, Look, you know, now, now, now here's, here's what the left will do. Just keep it up for a second, Captain. Obviously, this is not the exact text message. He sent a WhatsApp message, and this image has been created that looks like a, a text message. Because what the left is doing is they're like, ooh, this is, this is Russian disinformation. Look, that photo is from this time period, and this was after 27— You see, what, you see how, they, how crazy they are? So the point isn't that this is a screenshot of Hunter Biden's phone. But this is the WhatsApp message that was sent. Capiche? All right. Now, I want to play something else. Cut three, Captain. This is Joe Biden on Good Morning America during the campaign in 2020. Because, you know, th this is actually an amazing moment because... Joe Biden is actually caught lying during an interview. And shockingly, he's confronted about the lie that he tells. And you, you, I mean, I just want you to imagine 
Joe Biden does this day in and day out. Democrats do this day in and day out. And if they ever got questioned by the media, everyone who watches these programs would see what utter contemptible frauds they are. But they never get pushback. This is just a small example, but I want you to hear it. Go ahead and play cut three, Captain. What did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. I do want it's to press all about it. diversion. I do want to press that. You say you didn't know anything about it, but you were reported to be at a January 5th, 2017 meeting where you and the president were briefed on the FBI's plan to question Michael, Michael Flynn over those uh, conversations he had with the Russian ambassador Kislyak. No, I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that there, they asked for an investigation. But that's all I know about it. And I don't think anything else. Okay, 10 seconds before, he just said, he was asked, did you know anything about the move to investigate? And Joe Biden said, no, I didn't know anything about the investigation. And then... At the end, he says, oh, well, I did know about the investigation. I thought you were talking about, do you see what a blithering idiot this guy is? If, if we just had like a modicum, just, just, just any journalism left in America. I mean, it just, it just highlights that they are one of the m- most major threats to our country is the media, the propagandist media that never holds the Democrats accountable. They just get away with this. And I got to tell you something. I'll make an analogy here so you can understand as we go through this investigation and what we learned from the House and Ways Means Committee today and these whistleblowers. I'll help you understand why people like Barr, why there's so much corruption and why, why there's so much devotion to destroying Donald Trump. Because... The media, people in the government, both Republicans and Democrats, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Comey, it's so many people. They are like mountaineers on a mountaineering expedition, and they're hanging off the side of a mountain. And there's one person at the top, and right now it's Joe Biden. And they're all roped and tied to him because they have been doing what for years? Covering, lying, for Joe Biden participating in all of this and they are complicit in all of these schemes. And if Joe Biden falls, they fall. If Joe Biden releases his hand from the top of that cliff, all of these people that have hitched their ties to him are also going to fall to the ground and die. That's what's going on. And there are a lot of people speculating now that Joe Biden might be forced to resign over this. I don't know. I don't know. I I can see some part of that happening, but at the same time, I think that the Democrats are desperate to run Joe Biden and keep him in there for another term. Not because they like him. At this point, not even because they believe that he's necessarily their best chance, but it's because they need this all to just eventually go away. And it's not going to go away if he's forced to resign, I don't think. Because that attracts additional attention as well. Because all this time they've been defending Joe saying, oh, you can't attack his age. Look at, look at, you know, Trump, he's old too. I mean, they've just been defending, defending, defending. So at some point, I mean, they put all their eggs in this one basket. And that's why they're not going to swap him out. That's why it makes no sense when a majority of Democrat voters have said like 67%, 60% of them, whatever it is, it's a huge number. They have said time and time again in polling, they do not want Joe Biden to run for re-election. Now, they're running him anyway. Now, think about the hilarity of our situation, the Republican Party. We have like the same number, 65, 70% of people It might be a little, but we have a vast majority of Republicans who want Donald Trump to be the nominee. And yet we've got our own party doing everything they can to prevent him from getting it. Isn't it amazing to look at how this works? It's incredible. 
And I have just never seen, I must remark, with regard to the Republican Party, I have never seen a party more irrelevant, more irrelevant in my life. Even when they have power, they do nothing. It's like they they aspire for irrelevancy. They're all talk. They'll never do anything. They'll never take action. It's amazing. These people are like, it's like they have Stockholm Syndrome. Like the Americans that still support Democrats after the lockdowns. But the Republicans are like that. Look at Mitt Romney, for example. I brought him up before. Mitt Romney, can you imagine this guy? He gets absolutely obliterated when he runs for president. They say the worst things imaginable to him. They assail his character, his patriotism. They say he's a terrible person, a mean person. For crying out loud, they attack him and dig up some story about him taking a cross-country trip and his dog's on top top of his car or something like that. All those things. And now look at Mitt Romney. Does he have no self-respect? He sides with the Democrats. In fact, he's opposing any impeachment of Joe Biden, saying that it's a a joke, that it's abusive. What team is this guy on? it's, It's inexplicable. It's inexplicable. Somebody keeps pounding you in the face, and then when you get the power, you do what they say? You help them out? You know, nothing, nothing that we are seeing or experiencing is real is real. And I have a question for you. What if Joe Biden stole the 2020 election? Do you contemplate these things after all the Democrats have done? January 6th, never forget that, 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 that exchange with Christopher Ray, where he would not deny that FBI agents were in disguise wearing MAGA hats on January 6th. He would not deny it under oath. He wouldn't do it. What does that tell you? We know what they did here. And I think that Mike Pence was even a part of this. And I've got something, and I'll tell you why. I'll back it up. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay? But so many Americans, I see them out there, they're saying, well, you know, Trump lost in 2020, so he can't win in 2024. So we need to go with DeSantis or something else. But did he lose in 2020? Do you really believe? Do you believe? A government and a media that will lie to the American public about a tragedy that happened in America. They know that these loved ones are dead on Sunday. And they hide it from... What kind of a, a despicable person keeps that from the American public and feeds them this lie that they're going to die from a lack of oxygen that allows this massive search to happen while all the while they know the truth, which is that they're already dead. What type of media and government and party would do that? Would do that to the loved ones, to the American public in order to distract from a scandal that makes them look bad? What kind of person would do that to these human beings who lost their lives? Huh? Who does that? Who does the Trump-Russia collusion coup? Who does that? Who does the quid pro quo coup? Who behaves like this? You think people that won't do this, who won't go to any... Look at what they're doing to ensure that they keep their secrets hidden. Look at what they've already done. Unprecedented persecution of Donald Trump. Not just Donald Trump, but anyone around him. Remember what they did. All of this is so elaborate. It's almost impressive. It's almost impressive. What did they do when Trump got into office? What was necessary for them to do? If they hadn't done these two things, Trump-Russia collusion would have never taken off. It would have been a very different story. What did they do? They got rid of Michael Flynn, who he could trust. They got rid of Michael Flynn. They took away his only bodyguard, the person that was most qualified and frankly, the only person who could have gotten in the way of what they were doing to Trump. They got rid of him. Look at the links they went to, the plan they concocted to do that, to entrap him. They spied on him when he had a phone call with somebody in the Russian government. They spied on him. They tapped his phone. They recorded the phone call. 
And they printed the transcript and they went and asked him a question trying to get him to lie, to set him up. And what else did they do? They succeeded in getting rid of his attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions was another guy. They put the pressure on him. They used the media to do what? Get him to recuse himself from the Mueller investigation. So that was out of the picture. Then you had Republicans get involved in preventing other Republicans from looking into investigating Trump-Russia collusion. The actual... Devin Nunes is who I'm trying to think of. They actually sidelined Devin Nunes when he was looking into what they were doing. Republicans were responsible for supporting that. You think these people, these people wouldn't cheat in the 2020 election? They already cheated in many different ways. In many different ways. The Zuckerbucks, the Zuckbucks, all of the illegal drop boxes that violated uh, voting laws in multiple states, most of the swing states, but they only rendered those, got involved and said they were illegal after, a year after Trump, I mean, uh, Biden was already in office. I mean, look at what they've done too with COVID. Joe Biden just passed another deadline. He just brushed it off regarding the investigation, releasing documents related to the origins of the COVID virus. And I'll tell you something else right now. I'm not so sure at this point that our government and Fauci wasn't responsible, wasn't complicit, wasn't actually participating in the intentional release of that virus. I'm not certain that that whole 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 pandemic at this point wasn't intentional. Hey, we've been working on this thing for a while. Let's just let it out. If you hadn't had COVID, you'd never have Joe Biden. That's a fact. No COVID, no pandemic, no Joe Biden, ever. No way, no possibility. But this guy, Joe Biden, got more votes than any president in American history. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. And so, so many people out there are basing their their purview on things that aren't real. January 6th, for example, what they did on that day with the quote-unquote insurrection. Where's the video footage? They won't show it all to us. And the media, of course, on January 6th, they were all ready to go. They all had their talking points at the exact same time. They're all saying what? It's an insurrection. That's an interesting accusation to make, isn't it? How does every news organization in America immediately say the same script? That's not organic. I know this as a media person, as someone who works in the news. It's scripted. And so you've got, this is why I'm losing tolerance now for people who are attacking Trump, who won't defend Trump, who think he can't win. Well, he can't win because you don't have any faith. He can't win because you're, you're frankly out there. You're a loser. You're a loser. I mean, I've just had it, Captain. I, I just, I can't understand. And DeSantis is out there now. DeSantis, I'm sorry if you love DeSantis. DeSantis is run by the Bushes. DeSantis is the, is the, is the Manchurian candidate of the Republican Party right now, backed by the Koch brothers and everything else. And I, I actually have lost respect for DeSantis. I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, I don't worship Donald Trump, but I'm a pragmatist. But DeSantis is out there now, and he's saying he won't, he won't, uh, he won't say whether or not he'll actually support Trump if he's the nominee. He was asked about that. And look, my point is, look what the Democrats are doing. They've got a failed president, the worst president in U.S. history. He polls terribly. The Democrats, voters don't even want him to run. And they're saying, screw you. And they're all, what, rallying to him. And what are the Democrats going to do? I don't know. They're going to support him. But on our side, what are we doing? We're so weak need. I mean, they attack Trump over the personnel decisions. I mean, I'm just tired of the fake attacks. Trump's not perfect, no doubt. But I have an issue with the lies. And our party's eating ourselves alive right now, and I I really can't understand it. Personnel decisions. Yes, you mean like um, Christopher Wray at the FBI? FBI Director Christopher Wray, who uh, Trump nominated? 
Christopher Ray, who the Republicans pretty much unanimously voted in favor of. Christopher Ray, who everyone supported. Christopher Ray, who Chris Christie, who's now become a never Trumper, who used to want to give Donald Trump back massages every night. Well, he's lambasting Trump for his personnel decisions, but you know who it was that recommended, recommended Chris Ray? Chris Christie. He thought he was the, a great choice. Bill Barr, same thing. Bill Barr, oh, he's great. He's wonderful. He was a Bush guy, you know. He worked with Mueller at one point. He's great. Let's get him. All right, we got to move here. All right, uh, queue up foot, cut four, Captain. I want you to hear um, Merrick Garland. This is on. A, uh, May, this was in May. He's questioned by Chuck Rassley, who's great. Chuck Rassley is like eighty years old. And I mean, his mind is sharp as can be. But um, I just got three clips to play of Garland because Garland needs to be impeached. And actually, the clips I'm going to play, these three clips are enough to impeach him. In fact, they're not just enough to impeach him, right? Impeachment is just articles of impeachment. Then you have to have a trial in the Senate. These three clips are enough to actually get a conviction. He lied under oath. Play cuts four, Captain Go. As the committee well knows from my confirmation hearing, I promise uh, to leave. I promised to leave the matter of Hunter Biden in the hands of the U.S. Attorney uh, for the District of Delaware, who was appointed uh, in the previous administration. So any information like that should have gone, uh, or should, or should have uh, gone to that U.S. Attorney's offices and the FBI squad that's working uh, with him. I have pledged not to interfere uh, with that investigation, and I uh, have carried through on my pledge. That's interesting, isn't it? So he claims that he's uh, not partisan. He's not going to be involved. He's going to let Weiss, who's the Delaware uh, attorney responsible for this investigation. And by the way, there's a little bit of confusion here because I don't know if Weiss is actually the good guy who was suppressed here by them or if he's a liar. I'm not sure yet right now. But what I do have to go on is him saying that he's going to let Weiss essentially be autonomous. He's not going to get involved. But Weiss at one point asked to be appointed special counsel instead. Because as I explained, and my article was out at American Thinker today, the problem with this all along is that Weiss, in his capacity, works for Merrick Garland. That's his boss. And Joe Biden is Merrick Garland's boss. So my point has always been this is a facade. And now we see it. Weiss had his hands tied, not just tied. His investigation was obstructed. It was shut down by Merrick Garland, Joe Biden, and even Bill Barr. So here we go. The whistleblowers, they've alleged that Biden administration blocked prosecutors from filing charges against Hunter Biden twice last year. So these two IRS whistleblowers, they've come forward. This came out today, you know, that Joe Biden's DOJ buried evidence implicating Hunter Biden in tax crimes. So Jason Smith, he's a Republican out of Missouri, House and Ways, House Ways and Means Committee. <clears throat> he said in the press conference that U.S. Attorney David Weiss tried to bring charges against Hunter Biden in two different jurisdictions last year, but was denied uh, both times. Uh, cue up. Uh, the next one, Captain. What are we on? Uh, five. Yeah, yeah. Play cut five here. Uh, go ahead. Uh, has the Delaware U.S. attorney sought permission from uh, uh, permission of another U.S. attorney's office, such as in the District of Columbia or in California, to bring charges? If so, was it denied? So I, I don't know the answer to that. I do, uh, and I don't want to get into the internal elements of decision making by the U.S. attorney. But he has been advised that. Uh, he is not to be denied uh, anything that he needs, and uh, if that were to happen, um, it should uh, ascend through the department's ranks, and I have not heard anything uh, from that office to suggest uh, that uh, they are not able to do everything that the U.S. attorney wants to do. He, he was just directly asked if, he was asked if, so Weiss brought cases in other states, D.C. and California, and he asked him if, if he was blocked. And he just lied. He just lied. And I'll, I'll explain exactly why. This is him lying under oath. This is impeachable. 
as was the last clip and as is the next clip. Four minutes, four minutes of his life that I'm playing or whatever. And it should be the end of Merrick Garland all right here on this show. This show should be the end of Merrick Garland if we lived in a just world. So, the whistleblower said that David Weiss tried to bring charges against Hunter Biden in two different jurisdictions, and he was denied both times. Like I said, he sought to be appointed special counsel. He was denied. The whistleblowers at the IRS, they pushed for felony charges to be brought in the case after Hunter Biden allegedly skipped paying millions of dollars in taxes on more than $8.3 million in income. They said the IRS was notified of potential evidence in the guest house of former Vice President Biden. But they were told by U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf that because the evidence would be found in the guest house of former Vice President Biden, there's no way a search warrant for evidence would ever get approved. So they're investigating Biden. They know that the documents they need to continue that case are in the guest house at Vice President Biden's home because, of course, Hunter Biden lived with his father. He lived in the guest house. That's where he had an office. But because his father was the former vice president, they wouldn't issue a search warrant. Now, look at how the FBI, the same DOJ, treated Donald Trump when they raided Mar-a-Lago. They sent FBI agents in there. They got a search warrant to go after him. Nobody raided Mike Pence's place. Nobody raided Joe Biden's place. Oh, well, they complied. They came clean and said, hey, I've got these documents. Donald Trump didn't deny having documents. And what's the difference? Well, the difference is, of course, Donald Trump's president. But anyway. Um, I mean, it's just crazy. Smith said the whistleblowers, I'm talking about Jason Smith, right, who gave the press conference, He said the whistleblowers indicated that Hunter Biden's lawyers were also notified that the IRS had probable cause to search a storage unit associated with Hunter. And they tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyers ahead of time to remove what they needed to. They describe how the Biden Justice Department intervened and overstepped in a campaign to protect the son of Joe Biden by delaying, divulging, denying an ongoing investigation and Hunter Biden's alleged tax crimes. Incredible. Let me just see here real quick. I want to give you more details about... Okay, so here we go. Why sought to bring charges against the 53-year-old Hunter Biden, that is? In both the District of Columbia and Southern California last year, he was denied both times. This contradicted the sworn testimony by Merrick Garland that I just played for you. Merrick Garland lied. You think he didn't know about this? They work for him. Not to my knowledge. Unbelievable. All right, go ahead and queue up the next cut, Captain. What are we on? Uh, Six here. Six here. And we'll have another lie. Go ahead, Captain. Play cut six. Uh, If the Justice Department received information that foreign persons had evidence of improper or unlawful financial payment uh, paid to elected officials or other politically exposed persons, and those payments may have influenced policy decisions, would that pose a national security concern and demand a full investigation? And when Ray was here, he seemed to answer that question uh, in, in uh, uh, that it was a national security concern. I want your opinion. In uh, the way that you're, if I, if I follow the question exactly right, if it's an agent of a foreign government asking um, uh, someone uh, and paying someone to uh, do things to support that foreign government in secret, yes, uh, I definitely think that would be a national security problem. Okay. We're talking now about the FD-1023 document. That's what Grassley's referencing. If somebody comes forward to the FBI and alleges some kind of bribery scheme with Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, whatever, what would you do? Would you, oh yeah, if it's national security issue, we would definitely, definitely investigate. And that's not what they did. They stonewalled. They didn't just stonewall, they hid this. So for example, Weiss is investigating, investigating Hunter Biden. 
And this FD1023 form, this is why I say that um, <clears throat> Bill Barr is a, a deep stater here. He had claimed that this was shared with Weiss, and these whistleblowers are saying that that didn't happen. Weiss wasn't even made aware of this. Um, <clears throat> so the IRS investigators alleged that the Justice Department prosecutors denied their request to look further into Hunter's texts or obtain their location data, that the DOJ attorney suggested the first son may have been lying about his father being in the room with him, right? I'm talking about that text message again. So they saw this and they were concerned. And Shapley, one of these whistleblowers, he singled out uh, the U.S. attorney, Leslie Wolf. She's the bad guy in all this. As one of the prosecutors who shut down their probe of a multi-million dollar deal, Hunter, first brother, James Biden, and their associate Rob Walker cashed in on with China CFC. So remember, this is the 10% for the big guy. Right, CEFC, it's, it's a similar kind of thing. I mean, why are they getting paid by this energy company, Hunter Biden? No experience in this. And they want to look into it, and she says, no. And I'm not going to let you ask any questions because I don't want any questions about Joe Biden. So they're having this meeting, and multiple people in the room spoke up and objected that we had to ask She said, there's no specific criminality to that line of questioning. That was in a meeting with the U.S. Attorney David Weiss's team, less than a month after Biden had won the presidential election. Now, Hunter and James Biden got $4.8 million from this communist-associated state-run energy company in 2017 and 2018. And it's just crazy. It's, a, it's amazing, this just extensive, extensive cover-up, and it's in front of our faces, and we know exactly what happened. But they're not going to stop until they get Trump because they don't want the, the one eyes on them. It's, I just... Is it, is it not clear enough, Captain? Now, yeah. Now, I just want you to hear, hear Mike Pence here because... Um, Mike Pence waited until January 6th, that morning or something like that, to announce that he wasn't going to go forward with a Trump lawyer Eastman's plan. Now, I don't have time to get into the whole thing, but under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, you can contest the election results. You can send them back to the states. I mean, it's just, it's never been used. But it was created, actually, the irony is the act that Trump and his lawyers wanted to use was actually put in place after Democrats tried to steal an election in the late 1800s. The election of eight, the contested election of 1876. That's when Democrats literally tried to steal the election. Their candidate actually won by votes, but the Republicans refused to concede. It was Samuel Tilden, the Democrat candidate, against Rutherford B. Hayes, the Republican candidate. And Rutherford B. Hayes lost. But they knew the Democrats were cheating. And they had balls back then. And the Republicans said, no, we're not certifying this. You cheated. <clears throat> and they cut a deal in the back room. Democrats got a few things, but ultimately Rutherford B. Hayes became president. But today we're so soft. No, 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 we can't even talk about it. I mean, they, so that's the irony. So think about it. Democrats tried to cheat in 1876. So a decade later, they passed this act, the Electoral Count Act of 1887, to provide a, 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 a process, albeit a confusing one, to actually contest election results because they didn't have that back then. So they actually had a process here at least. They could send these back to the state. Now, what the vice president's role was, that was going to be tested. And by the way, the Congress passed an act to negate that Electoral Count Act a year ago. So they're saying, this is an illegitimate process. You can't do it. But yet they passed a law that got rid of this act because they knew it could be used. It's amazing. So Mike Pence waits till January 6th to let people know in his letter he's not, he's just going to certify. Basically, Mike Pence becomes a coward and is like, all right, no, no, no. 
Uh, we're going to go through Joe Biden's president. That's basically what happened on January 6th in the morning. Why wait? He decided four days prior, we learned in emails, that he wasn't going to do it. He'd already made up his mind four days before that he wasn't going to participate, that he was going to be a coward, that he was going to bow out, that he was going to go ahead and just try and certify things and get this thing done with. But he waited four days until January 6th when they're actually going to go and certify and supposed to do this process to say he's not going to do it. Which aggravates people, right? It's kind of odd timing. Like, why wouldn't you just tell people four days before, like, I'm not supporting this. Why would you wait until January 6th to surprise people? And the reason it's such a big deal is because two days before January 6th, on January 4th, this is what Mike Pence said. So two days before you hear what Pence says here, he made up his mind that he just wanted to get this over with and Joe Biden was the president. He wanted Joe Biden to just, let's give it to Joe Biden. That was two days before this speech. Play it, Captain, go. We all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. So there, he tells people he's going to do one thing. And then two days later, when it actually comes time to doing it, he reverses course. Can you see how that would really piss off MAGA Republicans? I mean, really, the strategy was that Mike Pence was going to be an integral part in testing this process. It was really up to him because he was presiding over this whole thing. And so he, it couldn't be done without Mike Pence. And there he is advocating for it. Yeah, I'm a champion. I believe in the voter irregularities. I hear you, everybody. I got you. I'm one of you. This is crazy. They stole this sucker. But don't you worry. On January 6th, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to make sure we debate this. I'm going to make sure we hear the evidence. I'm going to make sure that you, the American people, who feel like they stole this election, get your day in court. And then what does he do on January 6th? Suckers, suck it. So, all is not what it seems. Not at all. Um, You know, uh, we're going to have to go out on that one, but we'll have to get into this probably next week. We'll see what happens. You know, there's a a, uh, cat fight going on between Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't like it. I really don't like it. It's kind of sickening, to be honest, but here we are. Um, You know, Boebert, as I I told you yesterday, was going to file a privileged motion uh, with her impeachment. And Green got mad because supposedly Green said that Boebert stole her plan. Green was going to do that first. And so she's upset that Boebert stole it from her, stole her thunder. So Green actually called her in the chamber a little uh, biatch. A little biatch. I mean, this is... You know, you know, you these are people that are in the Republican Party. We need them. But come on. Come on, you know, it's like at least do it in I mean, it's just this is the thing, you know, we just we we're just losing it, Captain. We're just losing it. It's like optics. There's cameras all the time. Everything's reported. At least just use your brain. If you want to go and punch out Bobert and have a fight in some backroom bar, I mean fine, I don't care. I actually think that this fake civility is killing us. You know, if you just, when you used to just be out, be able to go out in the street and settle things mano a mano, I mean, lot, lot, things were better. Yeah. So anyway, um, Green's filing her articles of impeachment. She's going to use the privilege motion now. And we'll see. It looks like they're going to take it to a vote in the House. Looks like they're going to vote on impeachment. I mean, that's where it looks like it's going. It's dead on arrival in the Senate, of course. But that, actually, Captain, I have to do this. One more thing, because it ties up this whole thing about would the Democrats do this? Would they steal the election? Would they use this story and lie and withhold information about the submarine in order to create a narrative that would distract from this big news this week? Yes, they would. You know what else they do? They would start um, prosecuting people for classified documents cases and sentencing them ahead of the Trump case to set precedent. Here's a news story that's been put everywhere by the left. 
Here's the headline. Ex-FBI analyst who kept classified info in the bathroom like Trump is going to prison. Now, she's not the president. She was an ex-FBI analyst. But this is absolutely nuts. She came forward just like, here's the thing. This ex-FBI analyst having classified documents in her possession is no different than a vice president having it. It's not different at all. The only difference is when a president does it because the president can declassify. She can't declassify. Vice President Pence can't declassify. The Senate can't declassify. VP Biden can't declassify. So really, the irony is, obviously, they're trying to convince people, look, we can't let people get away with this. She had documents in her bathroom and she's going to jail. Yes, but she was an ex-FBI analyst. But even this is absurd. She came forward just like Pence, just like Biden, and she told them she had them. And now they're going to put her in jail for it. And the reason they're doing this, the reason they're crafting this sentence, they even in this case, they even in this case referenced Donald Trump in this case. They're trying to lay the foundation. It's crazy. It's crazy. Here, really quickly. Uh, this former FBI intelligence analyst from Dodge City, Kansas, she kept hundreds of classified documents at her home, including in her bathroom, sentenced to nearly four years in prison by a federal judge on Wednesday for violating the same part of the Espionage Act that former President Donald Trump is accused of breaking. I don't know when this case got started, but I'm telling you, this woman just got trumped. This is unjust what just happened to her. She is just somebody that they're willing to sacrifice and destroy to get to Trump. She didn't violate the Espionage Act. She had these documents. Was she selling them to uh, Kim Jong-un? No, she wasn't doing that. She had them, came forward, let them know, and they said, oh my gosh, look what we have. We have something brilliant to use against Trump again. So they used the Espionage Act here. And they sentenced her to four years. Now, they want to put Trump in jail for over 300. So this is just crazy. But really what this case proves is that Biden and Pence should go to jail, not Trump. That's what this does, really, if we're being honest. I'm guilty of being too honest without a safety net, the FBI agent said. <clears throat> it's cra- um, Hang on. So Trump's case was never directly mentioned during the sentencing, though the lawyer elicited the detail about the FBI agent storing documents in her bathroom on the stand. Now, why would they point that out now? Because they put those pictures up. You see, all of this is so coordinated. I mean, it makes you, it's almost impressive. It's almost impressive what they do here. Evil people, the genius of the evil. All right, folks, it's been great being with you. This is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all, and until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've I've become a big fan of your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Drew Allen. I look to this guy for wisdom.